Welcome to The Open Bell, a podcast for trumpet players, by trumpet players, and a cornet guy. I'm your host, Bill Stoneman, and I'm joined by my good friends and fellow trumpet geeks, Joey Tartell, and our very own solitary dancer, Brian Appleby Weinberg. This episode of The Open Bell is brought to you by the World Trumpet Federation. If you only knew what we've got cooking. For now, you should just enjoy the helpful videos, online articles, blogs, and of course, the Open Bell podcast. But soon enough, we will provide access to even more trumpet goodness for you and your students. Stay tuned, friends. Help is on the way from the WTF. At the conclusion of today's show, just go to www.worldtrumpetfederation.com and check us out. Because if you don't, you're already doing it wrong. And Cromer Music, a pro-level online shop where you can find the best gear in the industry. At Cromer Music, you'll find a carefully curated selection of merchandise that has earned the confidence of top professionals around the world. With a careful strategy to add one product line at a time, Cromer Music will use their decades of experience to hear your needs and offer solutions to make your life as a musician easier. They are the place to find your new Marcus Bona case with 31 different models to choose from. So go to www.cromermusic.com to check out the options available on Marcus Bona cases and let Cromer Music help you find the case you've been looking for. And while you're at it, check out A Minor Tune-Up to give your horns a little TLC. A Minor Tune-Up in Cromer Music, serving brass players with excellent care and products. The Open Bell Podcast is comprised of three segments, warming up, a couple things, and no offense. We use these segments to berate, belittle, and blaspheme about information that we believe is important to a bloviated trumpet biosphere. Gentlemen, shall we? Dan Gosling is the man, because warming up is brought to you again by Chopsaver. And not just because he's a great guy, and not just because he's a fellow trumpet player, but because he single-handedly is saving the faces of musicians with his magical concoction, Chopsaver. Made with all natural ingredients, Chopsaver is the official lip treatment of the World Trumpet Federation and the Open Bell Podcast. Doctor recommended and trumpet player approved, Chopsaver should always be your choice for lip care. And now available in smaller little curved tubes for cornet players. <laughs> oh, hey, Brian. <laughs> How's it going? Are you going to participate in warming up today or do what you normally do and just start blasting away? <laughs> <laughs> always blasting away. It's always my default. <laughs> so this this past weekend, um, we hosted a virtual uh, youth brass band day. It's actually just a couple of master classes um, by my good friends Jason Sullivan and Tom Hutchinson. And you you guys all know Tom as, you mm -hmm. know, the best cornet player cornetist on the planet that we know yeah. <laughs> yes <laughs> that anybody knows um <laughs> and um tom was great and he he uh, he had sent some videos ahead of him practicing um pieces he had never seen before um making like i don't know a hint of one mistake every three lines or something <laughs> uh, it was kind of ridiculous but he talked about how covid has impacted the brass band world and he said something that was kind of shocking to me, um, and I want to know how you guys think about it. Um, he said that many long-standing great brass band players, because nobody's been meeting during COVID, nobody's had rehearsals, nobody has, has had concerts, he said he knows a lot who have decided to literally hang up their instruments after decades no. of great playing. Oh, no, no, really? no, 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 and this is not okay. 
yeah so i which it was just kind of shocking to me and i thought it was a shame and um you know part of what we do is try and inspire people to keep going to play we have we know several players who have contacted us and said we've reinvigorated their love for the instrument particularly cornet oh, um yes particularly <laughs> yeah, here we go. <laughs> but I thought I would bring that to you. It kind of it was uh, striking to me. So we need to have a better distribution within the UK, is what you're telling us. Like yes. we need more people subscribing in the UK. Well, this may be happening all over the, okay. the United States too. Gosh, I hope not. I, I and as frustrating as it is, and as hard as it is to not be playing with others, the idea of you know I've always been a practice for practice sake. I practice because I want to get better, so it's easy for me in that way. You know, I, and I have little projects to keep me going but the idea of so that we can go play with others is always part of that mm. so yeah it has been absolutely uh, crippling to not be able to go play but that is that doesn't make it okay to stop playing that is that's not the solution yeah i'm surprised because for the the little time that I have spent there, and I'm, as you know, grateful for that time, what struck me was that it's as much social as it is musical for a lot of these folks. So this is shocking to hear that they wouldn't continue even just for the camaraderie. Yeah, like they miss it so much. They miss the camaraderie so much mm -hmm. that they've just said, well, I just can't, if I can't have that, I can't have wow. the playing right, they've either. they've got a link, so I get that yeah. part. Yeah, it's so linked. And but it, what just do you shame. think? Do you think, um, as things get better, these people might have a change of heart? I would hope. Do I'm you think hopeful. That's a possibility. Once they see people back together and they hear concerts and they'll sort of get pulled in that direction, it's so much a part of their DNA and who they are and how they live their life that right, I'm I hopeful. Know I, I, you know, as we all talk to students an awful lot, and they've been saying, you know, there's always been that. Why would you go major in music? There are never any gigs. I mean, I heard that when I was an undergrad, and it's a ludicrous contention, always has been. Uh, but as people look now and say, there are literally no gigs because we can't go do anything. What I've been telling them is, yes, but when things get better, people are going to want to go out. I Everybody's going to want to go yeah. out. I think there's going to be a huge rebound, and I think there's going to be lots and lots of opportunity for live performance. It, yeah. it was fun. funny today. I, I was watching, um, showing a student, sharing with them the Vaughn Williams Fantasia on a Theme by Thomas Tallis. Yeah. The piece came up. We were just talking about how beautiful that music is. And, of course, the video showed conductor, full orchestra jammed together on stage. Why did audience. you start with conductor? You said start. <laughs> I was recalling what I saw in the video. And that's where I your noticed. eyes went first. <laughs> well, yeah. Yes. I, would, I would say that that's, you know, the way the video was shot, it was on the conductor. Mm -hmm. That's going to be my that's defense. That's what you think. I noticed, yes. <laughs> okay. All right, go ahead. And uh, so when I'm, as I'm looking past the conductor, and uh, I'm noticing this <laughs> full house of people, and I'm thinking, this is, this is going to come back with a vengeance, right? I have to believe that, that when this is all said and done and we can all be together again, that people are going to be longing for this, you know, for live music. Not only us to be on stage to make that, but people to attend and be part of it. Yeah, I really think Man, so. That, that's so sad, though. I hope that that is not, I hope that that trend turns, and I hope that's not the case. All right, so yeah. we're going to have to start making some phone calls to uh, some, <laughs> get us some, get us some phone, get us some phone trees that we can make right. to the brass players <laughs> <laughs> in the UK and say, Yorkshire uh, phone we, trees. We've heard you've thought about quitting, and we're here to talk you out of that. Right. And, uh, you know, we I, I, I'll handle that. We've got to get some that. key people. Key people. Yeah, right. I'm on that. I'm on it. <laughs> Great. Well, Joey, what do you have for us today? 
Well, as you guys know, if it's happening online, I like to check in and see what's going on there. And <laughs> today, I was scrolling at Facebook this morning, which maybe was a mistake, but maybe I, uh, I saw I saw somebody that mentioned uh, about something about how great Doc Severinsen was in this specific album, and <laughs> I thought, cool. Right. Well, I was looking through the comments, and hey, we all love Doc Severinsen because guess what? He is a great triple player. He's, He's great. great. <laughs> he is great. And then someone very quickly in there decided that their way of of quantifying how great Doc was was to put down Louis Armstrong nope. and said something <laughs> like the par- uh, this is paraphrasing the idea of yeah anybody that could say Louis Armstrong is the greatest of all time. I mean this is ridiculous. Just listen to Doc. And then of course the argument starts. Uh. <laughs> and then it, that it actually could. Actually, could in part be dragged into an argument of who's better is the problem. There were voices of reason trying, but like any online argument, that they they right. aren't really heard. Yeah, and yeah. I did not participate in any way. I read through and thought, this is the problem. If you're looking for a reason to tear down Louis Armstrong as a trumpet player <laughs> wow. and musician, you are doing it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and if you need, wow. and this is the bigger point I'd like to make here, if you need to say something negative about someone else to say something positive about someone, this is this doesn't make any sense. This is a no. wrong way of thinking, no. right? But there, there, guess what? There is more than one great trumpet player. <laughs> yeah. Shockingly. You know, yes. <laughs> this reminds me of the old SNL skit, right? Like, who's better, King Kong or Ditka? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> Ditka. Well, <laughs> we all know the answer to that. Right, you know. <laughs> That's right. But it is a little bit of that. There are, the, yeah, there are people online in the camps of player X is the gold standard, and if you bring up anybody else, it doesn't matter. They're great because, uh, by the way, in there, there was somebody that, of, of course, brought up Maynard and someone said, well, that guy could only replay high notes. And then I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Missing the point nope. yet again. Like, so, again, <laughs> the idea of why do we have to, you know, we can celebrate Doc Severinsen and the greatness uh, uh, and the amount of music he has put out and the great trumpet playing he's done for decades and decades and decades. We can do that without any kind of reservation, and it doesn't have to go to about a negative about anyone else. Yeah. Well, you don't have to compare. But but here's the thing. I don't know if this is what people want. Maybe we go all in. I say we do a bracket. <laughs> <laughs> and we no, put wow. all the jazz guys on one side, everybody else on the other side, and we just narrow it down. Why not? Like uh, I saw How the other do you morning. Narrow it down? This, I've had this discussion. It makes, with, I've, but I've right. had this discussion with students when they're saying like, this or this or this, and I said, right. But if you give me, if I ask you, who's the greatest trumpet player, and you give me an answer, I can give you someone who can do something that player doesn't do, that doesn't right. uh, something that player doesn't do. So there is no answer. Right. That's why we should do it. Because it will make no sense. <laughs> That's right up our alley. It will make everyone angry. Compl- All right, so how many go Complete in? Complete waste of time. Oh, sweet. So let's go with the sweet 16. Are we going to do 16? But 16? Shuttle how ahead. 16? No how shot. How are get, we going to get to 16? We're not getting down to 16. Well, it's it going to have we, to start with 64. We have authorial sovereignty. There it is. We. <laughs> <laughs> we and then we'll set all the criteria. All right, Look, so I do I, think we have to start. We're going to have to start with, with 64. 
There's 64. no way we can start with 16. But is it is it 32 versus 32 like AFC NFC? No, no, it's it, it's a it's like a bracket like March Madness. Okay. So you okay. have four four uh four regions of 16 each. Okay. So if you want to do a bracket maybe we have jazz players, orchestral players, soloists, what would be our oh. other commercial? You know, yeah. Commercial and commercial mm-hmm. players. Like they've played like dog food commercials, <laughs> yeah. or do you mean like? <laughs> shows? Yeah. I, you know, that's let's. An, that's I think not, we need to work on this. Those aren't terrible categories off the top of our heads. All right. Well, okay. We're, we're gonna have to revisit. We this. might need to do this. All right, and then we can just do it. We can do it on polls on the website if for no other reason. Yeah, and no other reason just to prove how silly it is. It's the right. dumbest thing ever because right. if we limit it to you know. 64. That means after the first round, 32 world-class trumpet players will be eliminated. That's right. And you know why? <laughs> and you know why? Because they should be. That's why. That's perfect. Yeah. 30 out. Thank, what have you done for me lately? You're out. <laughs> right Look, it's Super Bowl week right now. We're recording this, right? And right. this morning I saw a bracket that pitted uh, chicken wings against pigs in a blanket. <laughs> now, if we as a country can figure this out. Well, that's easy. <laughs> Chicken, chicken wings. wings. Yeah, uh, it's not even pigs close. Pigs in a blanket are not I, within. I don't they're even not in the know same. How pigs they're in not the in the same class of, <laughs> no, of but the, wings. It's, they're in the final eight. No. Yes. No. no you see, okay. whoever made that no, bracket it's a needs terrible to bracket. Take it out. That's terrible. Because, because that's I, something we can actually. That's quantifiable. Yeah. <laughs> One of the other matchups was like uh, spinach dip versus artichoke dip. Okay. First of all, hold on. No, spinach artichoke dip. I, look, I'm just telling you. No, this that's is not an either bracket. or. It's spinach artichoke dip. You don't have spinach well, dip or artichoke well, dip. You put them this, together. On this bracket, that's what it was. I need to see. This is horrible. A terrible, <laughs> terrible bracket. Uh, our bracket's going to be better and make even less sense. I say we do this. <laughs> this is right up our alley. We should this definitely is it. do this. All we right, will I've have re- the final I, word on as this. As I always take notes, I've taken notes. We will be talking about this, and we'll, we'll revisit this on the air. I love I like it. it. I think it's great. All right, Bill, what do you got for us today? Well, I, you know, it's been a while since we've disagreed on something. And so I thought I'd bring something up and like this convince me thing, right? Have you ever seen this guy on the internet, you know, where yes. you're like, he says something and it says, tell me I'm wrong or convince me? Yeah. yeah. I tell tones. people they're wrong all the time. Uh, pedal tones. It's a bunch <laughs> of garbage. <laughs> <laughs> well, there are definitely two sides to this. We We're go. on one side, on. Bill's on the other. And I'm like... Uh, Bill's on, on what the side of, I can't play them, so they're not good. <laughs> so they're well, that's not why I think thing. they're not important, because I can't do it. <laughs> I've made it this far. All right. here. Let me make the simplest case for pedal tones ever. If you're serious about this, I can make the very no, simple no, case I am. for pedal I, I tones. No, I am. I do want to talk about it. Yeah, so go yeah. ahead. Here's the simple case. When we talk about the, using the full range of the trumpet, right? Uh-huh. So on the top end, it's theoretically limitless. Right. Mm-hmm. The trumpet okay. works like it's supposed to up to about high F sharp. But, you know, I make a lot of my living playing higher than that. So we know it works higher than that. Right. So if I want to be able to play a really solid double C. Right. And I, I need to and I use that and I want to use it and be able to play it. That probably shouldn't be the highest note I ever practice. I should mm-hmm. probably practice beyond that so that C is within my comfortable range and not at my extreme limit. Right. Okay. Right. Let's put that in the opposite direction. If okay. I want to have a really good low F sharp, mm-hmm. maybe that is not the lowest note I should practice as well. I should practice lower than that, which would involve pedal tones, which then gives me access to the full range of the horn without the F sharp being the lowest extreme. And by definition, if it's at the extreme, less consistent. We actually need a good low F, right? Don't you mean fewer consistent? No, I do not. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your consistent. <laughs> it took Brian a second to catch up to that one. <laughs> He's tracking now. <laughs> yeah. But what if I have a good low F sharp and it has served me well and I'm fine there? I'm good with it. Now you now's when you guys are gonna tell me I don't. No. <laughs> that's 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 not the point. Right. That still doesn't address the point I'm making, which is if that's the extreme low, the lowest of your register, mm -hmm. it is not as consistent as the rest because of that. Right. We know that the extremes are always less consistent. That's just how it works. Good argument. Good argument. But um, you can play some some pedals. You just can't oh play. Yeah. yeah. C. I don't. I don't have a great pedal C. Right. I don't I have don't a either. great pedal C. It's not like Brian's. <laughs> Brian's <laughs> is like earth shattering. Drive you out of the room. <laughs> It's amazing. Yeah. In fact, remember we recorded birds. I had the part with the pedal C, and I was like, yeah. dude, I will pay you to switch parts. All of a sudden, I no longer had my part. <laughs> He's like, well, you're playing first. I'm like, no, not anymore. You are. I'm demoting myself. You killed yeah. that pedal. Yeah. Killed it. Brian, so what's your argument for pedals? Oh, I think it, they just help you figure out how relaxed you can play. Um, I, I don't think they're... I would argue they're not absolutely necessary to be a good trumpet player, but I would argue a lot of things that are sort of not, <laughs> in, you know, maybe a good cornet player, but not a good trumpet player. Mm. Um, and and so, but I think th I think they are important for development, and I think they are helpful for developing the low register, and I think they can inform the upper register. Right. Well, see, here's the real reason I'm angry with this. I sent you guys a video this week. I have a student right now. Who's killing you? Oh in my pedals! He's, he's in the double pedals that he's dialed in. <laughs> double pedals. <laughs> well, let's be. I want to make something clear when we're talking about pedals. We are talking about playing pedals. What we what we would consider the correct way, which is non-manipulating your chops, not taking the bottom right. lip out of the mouthpiece and right. just making that kind of you know vi vibration sound where it's really one lip vibrating in there. Yeah. We're talking about with your normal setup playing below low F sharp. Oh, well, in that case, I don't have a good low F sharp then. <laughs> <laughs> right, but yeah, well, you sent us that video. And he only his, uses one his, lip. He is he completely set up, totally set up. And yeah. now he's double-tonguing down there because oh, he thinks that's a cool thing to do. It is a cool thing to do. I, very I had cool. to turn the video off. Is he your next to... bass trumpet player? He is, actually. He's the guy. Yeah. He wants to move into that. He's there a, a first-year student. He's a freshman this It'll year. It'll be easy for him. Yeah. yeah. Great, great guy. Anyway. All right, well, that's cool. I just kind of want to bring it up. In case there's other people out there like me who suffer from a lack of pedal. <laughs> no, pedal we pedal. suffer like, from your lack of pedal. <laughs> like, like anything, it can be practiced and learned. <sighs> okay. I'll spend more time in the basement. It's like Joe's low, low register <laughs> low, if, in the trumpet bunker. Low register, middle register, cash register. Cash register. Cha and ching. <laughs> Cha ching. All right, boys, well, listen. It's time for Joey Jeopardy, or as we like to call it here at the World Trumpet Federation, backgammon. <laughs> Are you ready for today's new? Uh, this I'm so excited, oh guys. Gosh. Five all new categories. Oh no! Oh uh -oh. yeah, five all new categories. I'm not happy about this. You're you are not going to be happy at all tonight. Okay, that's category kind of one. Point. Who wants a piece? This is questions about trumpet repertoire. Category two, popcorn and jujubes. What? These are questions about movies with trumpets and trumpet players in them. Holy crap. Three, 
Sing slang sung. This is testing your knowledge of trumpet slang. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Number four, name your animals. <laughs> if animals played trumpet, who would they be? What? <laughs> yeah. That's insane. That doesn't no, make any sense. Oh, you're going to figure it out. Name your animals. <laughs> and five, are you ready? Trios. Combining three things together, one of which is a trumpet player or trumpet related. So before, during, and after? Trios. <laughs> I don't understand any half of these categories. It's like, uh, you'll figure it out. I don't think so. No, I think our gonna listeners be, are going to figure gonna it out awesome. while, we, while we fold. Well, that usually what happens. They right, usually Brian, do you have that buzzer I made you like two months ago? Yes. Yeah, check your buzzers. Wire. <laughs> there it is. That is not the buzzer I made you. <laughs> All right. When you play, that's what I hear. Joey, you won the last <laughs> round. <laughs> I'm actually just assuming that. Uh, where would you like to start? Holy crap. I'm going to go with uh, Sing Slang Sung for 100, please. Uh, sing Slang Sung for 100. This term can be heard in the rehearsal room, concert hall, or in a cellophane bag. What? Oh, man. If you bomb this, we're in on the floor for a long <laughs> this evening. This is a... <laughs> Say that again. This term can be heard in the rehearsal room or a concert hall or in a cellophane bag. We got nothing. Holy smokes. This missed note can be heard in the rehearsal room, concert hall, or a cellophane bag. Oh. What is chip? What is a chip? That's right. <laughs> Needed the little help there, which wow. I will yes. totally take. Wow. Cellophane? Well, cellophane? It's, I don't know. It's They're a, not cellophane it's, bags. What, that what doesn't make it? any sense. Well, you All got right. it right. 200, please. <laughs> Sing, right. slang, song. Sing, slang, song for 200. This term used by trumpet players as well as those removing natural gas from the ground. What Joey? Is fracking. Fracking. Oh, that is wow. right. Well Keep done. Going. Sing, slang, sung for three. I just like the way you say it. <laughs> it may sound like half a dance, but it's really the best possible way to end a note. <laughs> Joey. What is cha? The cha. <laughs> Shout out to Nick Marchione. Yes. <laughs> Shout out to Nick. That's right. All right, let's go for four. Sing, slang, song. There it is. Intended to be used for page turns and mute changes, this trumpet part is misused in panic and earned this name. Brian? What is the octave key? What is the octave key? <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's right. Wow, Joey, was. I thought he was going to run the table. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, Remember sing, Brian? slang, slung, sung for 500. <laughs> I was really hoping you'd have to say it. <laughs> Fatigue is something that can happen to any brass player. Cries of, I'm on my teeth, or warm shot, can also be stated by evoking this great country star. This country star? Evoking the name of this great country star. You're tired, you're on your teeth, you're shot. And fold. We got nothing. <laughs> really? Yeah, nothing. I'm cashed. Oh. <laughs> My wife's going to be mad at me for that one. <laughs> you should have had that. Is she a Johnny Cash fan? Huge Johnny Cash fan. There you go. Nice job on Sing Slang Slung. Sung. Dang it, Brian. All right. <laughs> Brian, where are we going? 
trios for 100. Oh, oh man, no. you're going in. No shot. <laughs> it's all I'm over. I'm so excited about this. <laughs> it's all over. The pipes, the pipes are calling for a culture club lad and a New Jersey jazz trumpet cat. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Good Lord. The Wait, pipes, say that again. The pipes, the pipes are calling for a culture club lad and a New Jersey jazz trumpet He's cat. got it. Who is Danny Boy George Rabbi? Yes! Oh, jeez, that's <laughs> Oh, fantastic. Danny Boy George Rabbi. <laughs> I'm that's getting out of here. Let's go to uh, Popcorn oh, and on. Jujubees for 100. <laughs> <laughs> popcorn and Jujubees for 100. <laughs> this film about the lives of Bud Powell and Lester Young actually featured Dexter Gordon. Uh... Mm, what Joey? is round midnight? Round midnight. There wow. it is. He's got it. Let's go for two. All 200 in. popcorn and jujubes. Keon Harold provided the trumpet sounds, but Don Cheadle did the rest in this convincing tale about the Prince of Darkness. I don't remember the title of this. This just came out last year. <laughs> I, I filmed around Cincinnati. Uh, mm-hmm. Don plays Miles Davis. Was he it does. called Miles? I don't, I don't remember what it was called. Yeah. I don't either. It's not miles behind. Oh, wait. Then I'm going to go in and say, what is miles ahead? <laughs> miles ahead. That's right. <laughs> I'll take the assist and uh, well go for done. 300. All right. 300 popcorn and jujubes. I said conical, not comical, for this peek behind the Yorkshire curtain of banding life. Oh. Oh, Brian. <laughs> did he get in or did I get in? I don't know. What you got in, that. but I don't know what you hit. I hit the wrong that sound. Playing? That's great. <laughs> Joey? What is, what is brassed off? Brassed oh, off. Man. Come on, Brian. That was Come the on. one Easter egg I put in there for you. <laughs> Let's go the for gift. 400. 400. Popcorn and jujubes. Playing with the right fingerings is a plus for any brass player, but when Denzel does it, you know it's the truth. Wow. What is Mo Better so Blues? Fast. Mo Better Blues. That's a great movie. Yep. Yeah, and wasn't uh, in um, your first one, Red Midnight? Wasn't Red Rodney in that movie as well? Oh, he might have been. I think he was in the movie. Oh, cool. Yeah, five hundred. Yeah. Five hundred popcorn and jujubes. This Bruce Weber documentary about the life and times of a famous jazz trumpeter is raw and truthful. This is a tough one. Uh, the documentary. This person has been is the subject w- of is, a. Is, was this du- the one about Chet? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I don't know the name of this. I know oh, the movie, man. but it's I the one about Chet. I think you get credit for that. It's called Let's Get Lost. Let's Get Lost. That's, mm. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, I Chet knew Baker. who it was, but I, I'm not yeah. getting the titles. Killer, dude. Good for you. Wow. All right, Joey, where are we going? Uh, we're going to go, uh, what was the piece one? We're gonna who, talk wants about piece. who wants a piece? Who wants a piece for 100? <laughs> who wants a piece for 100? As Americans reeled from the attacks on 9-11, NPR used this solo as background music for most of the day on their broadcast. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Brian. What was Summon the Heroes? No. <laughs> Joey? I don't know. The Prayer of St. Gregory. Oh, the really? Hobanus. Yeah, they played it all day. Yeah. Trumpet and organ. It's remarkable, yeah. yeah. I recorded that. Hmm. Wait, no, I didn't. That's not a second movement. <coughs> <laughs> well, it should be. <laughs> True. Let's go for 200. 200. Who wants a piece? These quirky little movements written to feature the narration of Ogden Nash poetry make a wonderful addition to any recital. Brian. What is Tony Plug's Animal Ditties? Yes. Yes. Good call. One and two. Yeah. Great stuff. For 300. All right. 
Vincent Persichetti uses T.S. Eliot to create a piece of music that makes us feel empty. Brian. What is Hollow Man? The Hollow Man. Hollow Man. I actually did record that. Damn it. Good call. For 400. Nameless plug. 400. <laughs> Written to reflect the energy and reverence of a holy day in a specific town in Italy. Specific day in Italy? Specific, specific town. town in Italy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This piccolo trumpet piece <laughs> was written <laughs> to reflect the energy and reverence of a holy day in a specific town in Italy. Oh, it's First time I heard this live, Vince was playing it, and it was amazing. No? Got no. nothing? No. no. Tomasi, Samen Santa Cusco. Oh, there right. we go. Yeah. I actually recorded that, too. Yeah, you just did this. Shameless plug. I just did that. All right. Want to keep Five, rolling? 500, yeah. 500. Who wants a piece? Not one, not two, but three little loaves of bread make up this lovely collection of movements by my favorite Texas composer. <laughs> this is your people, Joey. Not really a loaf of bread. It was just like sort of a hint. <laughs> not one, not two, but three. I got nothing. Brian, you got anything? Brian? It's just from Texas. No, I got nothing. Guys, it's a shame. <laughs> Fisher Tall, three bagatelles. Oh right! Oh, oh that's love that. Piece. I should have known. Yeah, love that yeah, piece. Yeah, there we go. All right, name your animals for one hundred. Name, name <laughs> your animals for a hundred. <laughs> no idea what this is. <laughs> yeah, you do. This is gonna be a train wreck. <laughs> if this jazz at Lincoln Center lead player were a milk cow. <laughs> oh, uh, no, that doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably part of the point, too. <laughs> you, you guys, I cannot believe that this did not resonate with you immediately. Um, I, I, no, name I, your animals, Ferda. I, I, I can name the lead player. Lincoln Center, right. Lincoln name Center them. lead player, where Milk Cow. Are you ready? Yeah, Ryan Kaiser is the lead player. No. Yeah. Not, not always. Seneca Blactose. <laughs> Okay, we're going to have you removed from the podcast. <laughs> we have people coming to your house right now. We're storming right. your basement. You want to stay with this uh, category? Uh, yeah. Okay. Former Tonight Show trumpet player who prefers to just float around on a pond. Float around on a so, pond? Yeah. He's killing himself. I'm yeah. killing make myself. Any sense to you, you guys are folding. <laughs> this doesn't make we any sense. We just talked about this a, like a week ago. Animals? No. Name your animals. <laughs> yes. I got nothing. Who is it? I got nothing. Duck Finley. <laughs> oh my god. Wow. Three hundred. You're, you're terrible. <laughs> wow. Okay. Time to head south for the winter and get it on. Here uh -oh. it comes. He's got to figure it out. Yeah, he's got it worked in. He's got that Duck one. Bill Platypus Chase? <laughs> well, Duck Bill Chase. Yeah, <laughs> right? <laughs> Platypus take, Chase. I'm taking it. <laughs> a duck bill, duck bill is a, an adjective. It's not an right. animal. I didn't know that <laughs> the Duck Bill Platypi went south for the winter. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> they don't. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let's go for four. 400. Mouthpiece maker who rises early for a big breakfast before Chorin. 
<laughs> we'll say that again. This mouthpiece, mouthpiece a mouthpiece maker. maker who rises early for a big breakfast before Chorin. Wow. You guys folded so I thought these were no. No, nothing. You, you got nothing? Nothing. Carl Ham and Eggs. <laughs> That's not an animal. Close enough. That's not an animal. <laughs> That's the breakfast. <laughs> Come on. This is how backgammon works. All right. Five hundred. Is Are there a doubling cube handy? Where is that? <laughs> That's not an animal. I object Joey, to that question. You're, you're going to get this. This is the daily. I double. don't think so. This is not the daily double. <laughs> the daily triple. Five hundred. West Coast big band that's as swine as it gets and brings home the bacon. Oh, <laughs> guys are terrible. <laughs> you're terrible at this. He's going to be the big fat ham. Well, it's Gordon Goodwin's pig fat band. <laughs> I'm going to take credit. credit for that. <laughs> you get credit for that. For that. And now we have to go fold on trios for 200. Oh, yeah, you're going to really. I'm this one is not for one here. Well. So, Brian, the pressure's yes. on you here. I thought, actually, as I wrote these, I thought, Joey, you're yeah. going to get all these. <laughs> no way. Brian, no shot. No all right, 200. Shot. New York trumpet player and an internet address encourage you to guess song titles. Holy crap. <laughs> New York trumpet player. New York trumpet player and an internet address encourage you to guess song titles. Uh, I don't even Nothing. I don't understand what that means. Okay. How about Brian, you got anything? Brian? No, I got nothing. Okay. Here you go. You ready? Yeah. Wayne Domain name that tune. I wish that we were a video podcast so you could see the blank stare got, that Brian and I, got, I have right now. I got, I got to name that tune. I did Look, not get Wayne. You, I've you're been the on one stage that, with Wayne. You're the one that sent me before, during, and after. I thought you were going to kill this. Well, I would if they, if they were better clues. They totally. Th these are good. <laughs> 300. An oh Oklahoma God. trumpet player who's surfing USA while enjoying some baseball. Oklahoma trumpet player who's surfing USA while enjoying some baseball. Oh, my God. <laughs> no shot. Wow. No. Dead air. Dead air. N Nothing? Blank. Ryan Beach Boys of Summer. Oh, geez. That's good. Yeah. No, that's not good. 400. <laughs> A mouthpiece found at the Battle of Gettysburg as described by a British lord. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh a mouthpiece found at the Battle of Gettysburg. I'm actually throwing you a bone here. We've done this much of it before. As described by a British lord. Brian, this is all you. British. Yeah, it should be. I have Gettysburg. no idea. It should be, Brian. No, nope, oh we got to folded on brassed off. So this what do we expect? So this. Are you ready? Yeah, go. Peter Pickett's charge of the light brigade. <laughs> See, mouthpiece maker Peter Pickett, Gettysburg Pickett's charge by a Lord Alfred Tennyson. Of the charge of the light brigade. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to have to back off to just solos for you guys on this category. <laughs> We'd still fold. You're going to fold. All right, here you go. 
Big finish. One more. I, I can feel Joey's going to no get shot. this. He's no shot. Get this. No <laughs> shot. Circular spinning food tray on a table in St. Louis set for Rogers and Balanchine. A circular spinning food tray on a table in St. Louis okay, set for there. Rogers and Balanchine. <laughs> oh, I have two-thirds. I don't know the ballet. <laughs> oh, but you're there. Yeah, you I've got, got Lazy Susan Slaughter. There it is. But I, I don't... Slaughter on 10th Avenue. And together you win. There we get 250 <laughs> each. Lazy Susan Slaughter on 10th Avenue. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. All right, we'll take, we'll split the last one. Big finish. Total, total <laughs> fold. I could see I'm going to have to just dumb this down again. We're just going to say that uh, if all of the students fail, it's a reflection of the teacher. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And a perfect segue to a couple things. <laughs> In our attempt to help trumpet players uh, and teachers manage the plethora of information out there, would you say I have a plethora? And I'm out. <laughs> to manage the plethora of information out there, we try to collate, categorize, crunch the numbers, and generally confer about everything trumpet. But from time to time, there's some stuff that is not so helpful and a little bit out there that we had to create a new category in to which to store it. Boys, let's talk about intellectual interference. <laughs> yes. Less. <laughs> <laughs> there are okay, okay, can I start here? There are there are teachers that say things like don't think just play, right? right? Now, generally speaking, I have been arguing with these kind of teachers in the practice room for years because if you don't think at all and you just play, you end up just doing the same things over and over and over and over again. But I believe the intent is what we're talking about here. A lot of time is when there are times you just get in your own way, right? Mm -hmm. This is what we're talking about. Yes. So what is it that gets in our own way? I think this is, so I think I'd like to start with uh, what what is the intellectual interference? What is it and how does it get in there, right? Is this a good place to start? Sure. I think so that's a great place to start. All right, so Bill, what do you, where do you, where do you want to start with? That's where I'm going to start with. What do you think? I have obviously strong feelings, but where do you think? Well, it's okay. I, I guess where I, I would have started thinking about this is that I think I think it's good to come up with things that allow students to kind of zoom out or I don't want to say distract them, but kind of do the inner game thing, right? Like think of things differently. Put them in a, a better place mentally to make music. But I think sometimes it's so far out that it doesn't connect anymore and it's not helpful. I mean, Oh, interesting. So we're almost looking at this from the opposite sides. Okay. Because I, I, I think uh, what I see a lot of times with students is I'm worried about the F sharp in measure two and the B flat in measure three. And did I play and finger that? And they get so wrapped up in the minutia mm. that mm -hmm. they, they, they lose. I've asked, I've asked several of my students over the past couple of, uh, oh, over the last semester, do you know the phrase, can't see the forest for the trees? And every one of my students said, 
no, I don't know that phrase, which was interesting because <laughs> I thought yeah. that was a pretty normal phrase that at least, you know, when Brian and I were kids, w- this was there growing up. You probably invented yeah. it, I guess. It only Bill, took, probably. Uh, I usually mark so the time when this happens. It's yeah. pretty late tonight. It was but only for us when Bill grew up. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but th- they look at me and I said, well, uh, here's what I'm saying to you. If you are walking around and you go, hey, tree, look, there's a 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 tree. At some point, you might want to step back and go, hey, I'm in a forest. Right. Right. And they're like, oh, no, I totally get that. So if you're reading music and going, no, 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 You're missing, hey, step one step back. There's music there. So I often see it from the small, I want them to take that one step back to say, like, this is why you have to learn your major scales. Because look, what is that pattern? Oh, that's just a C major scale. Right, and and then you don't have to really read note, 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 note. Yeah, I like starting out there. I like zooming out first because I think it provides context. What I'm talking about is stuff like you breathe through your eyelids like the Galapagos <laughs> Island lizards. <laughs> and you're you know out. what I mean? And I'm out again. <laughs> yeah. <out. laughs> the lava you know, lizards. Those, those things that are, <laughs> yeah, the lava lizards. <laughs> <laughs> of the Galapagos. But, yeah. Okay, but there are teachers that would argue, yeah, listen, yeah, you obviously don't really breathe through your eyelids, but boy, it got my student out of it, out of their heads, so it right. worked, so isn't it okay? Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? I, I like things that get folks out of their own head and get them thinking even, about the bigger picture. Even if they're essentially, for lack of a better term, false. Well, I what I... <laughs> I think it needs to relate. I'm concerned about the things that are so far out that they're not helpful. I guess I'm more concerned about them if there's a lack of other really good information that goes along with it. And what do you do if you get only that information, if you get into trouble when you're out of school, right? You can't you, you can't play something or your chops start to fail and all you have are these strange image, imagery things and tricks to fall back on and those don't help. Yeah. I mean, there's got to be something concrete behind it. Absolutely. I agree. And I, I definitely, when I'm teaching, will tell students, you know, this is what I believe and these are what I think of as fundamentals. And then I will also, there are times I'll say, here's what I conceive of, see if this helps, or here's what this feels like to me, see if this helps you. So you want to be able to use both of those things. But, you know, Maynard used to talk about how he would breathe through his toes, right? You know, yeah. it's like, you know, and you, if go. you ever watched him, you see like his whole body almost opened up, you know, and, and take a big breath. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people like, oh, it's all for show. And no, it wasn't all for show. Like, that's how you take a breath. Now, obviously, there aren't lungs down in his toes. Right. But so that's a concept. Right. So that if that helps you open up and get a nice, easy, relaxed breath. Great. That was right. his but, hook. Right. Yeah. But you need to know. That the difference between this is literal and this is figurative. Right. I, I like this idea, the term intellectual interference, because I think sometimes intellectual interference or a little bit of static thrown in the mix is exactly what someone needs. <laughs> right? You know, like, if, if you get somebody that's so wrapped around the axle about this thing, if you can get them to zoom out a little bit or think about it differently, um, I think that can be a really good thing. But again, I think it needs to be in balance with, like, really good fundamental information. Right. I think I've I've talked about this before here, but one of the things I used to do, uh, I started doing, I was in college, um, in jazz band, is I would swing my right leg while we were reading. And when Mm. I kicked the guy next to me, and he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, if I'm worried about falling over, I don't worry about reading. 
So that kind of intellectual interference, I right. think, is right. Where you focus, and we've talked about this before, you know, yes. uh, playing with the other hand, tap with the other foot, right. those kind of things that just get you out of your own head to allow mm-hmm. you to play better. But yeah. I do think it's just as important when introducing those things that when they work, explaining why and what Brian said before is exactly what I find missing in a lot of pedagogy. Uh, there are lots of teachers out there that will use these sort of, for lack of a better term, tricks right. and then say, all right, there you go. All right. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> right. But we got to make the connections. We got to fill in the blanks, which is what we're talking about. And we have done, you know, obviously we've talked before about. You know, there's all this stuff on the Internet and you just collect all these things, you know, but they're this is the problem. Right. If they are just tricks and it might might work once, but it isn't a sustainable long term solution to what we're trying to do. And I'm I'm super concerned about my students, just what they're thinking about while they're playing. And um, I get lots of reports from students during a lesson. You know, they'll play a beautiful phrase and then they'll miss four notes in a row and then it'll be beautiful again. <laughs> and I'll say, so what happened? And they say, I, I was thinking about dinner. And I was like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> you were So this idea about awareness, mental awareness, where is your attention at any given time? And I think now with so much inf- literally information and distraction at our fingertips all the time, Lots of people have lost sight of where they're actually directing their mental attention at any given moment. Mm-hmm. And, of course, that's a, that's a great way to leverage you away from all of your money, right? Because your attention is, is, the, um, is the value, right? That's mm-hmm. what people monetize is your right. attention. And so I think it's really important to take that back and figure out what you're actually thinking about. And then these, all these little games of once you're thinking about this thing, how you're playing the instrument or you're attentive to what you're actually paying attention to, then we can guide them with this little stand on your left foot. Okay, now stand on your right foot. But they're still thinking about what they're actually doing. And it's a way to sort of break the break that break break through that static or that mental block that's keeping them from being able to execute. Well, if we're going to talk about uh, focus and concentration, let me ask you guys this. So when you have prepared something and like a recital or a concert that for which you have done a lot of practice and preparation for. Mm-hmm. In the performance, when you are playing that, what are you thinking about? Well, uh, this has changed for me over the years, but I, uh, the, the concept for me has been the same. When I was at North Texas uh, with Gene Corporon and the Wind Symphony, he talked about music preparation being in the shape of an hourglass. You start out really zoomed out right there's this one singular thing that is this piece and then you come down into the movements and then inside that movement are three sections and inside each section is a phrase and inside those those phrases are subphrases, and then there's notes and then there's the individual thing so that's the center of the hourglass and then you start to build it back out again so for me the the process of putting that back together again and bringing it out is typically when I'm adding some imagery into that and so by the time I get to the performance, I'm storytelling. I'm not thinking about whether it's an F sharp or a B flat or that lip slur. To me, this is where I make this connection between music and speech. So to me, it sounds like language or language sounds like a musical phrase. And that's that sphere that I'm living in. I'm not thinking anymore about fingerings or patterns. Right. Brian, what do you think about when you get to the performance time? I'm definitely trying to create a scene and a mood and an atmosphere in my head. I don't know that 
any of that is actually translated to the audience. And I don't even, I don't know that we can care. Like, I don't, I want them to get something out of it, but they don't have to get what I get out of it. Um, but I'm certainly, um, I am conscious of in this section, this thing has to happen in this way um, to make the mood that I want um, or to, to the to tell the story but i'm i'm more wrapped up in the imagery and the scene and the sound and um and singing um you know pretending like i'm an opera singer on stage while i'm playing than i am about trying to op well bill you call it operating the trumpet machine right? yeah um, right. so i'm trying not to do that and when i'm really at my best I really don't feel the interface. I don't feel it against my my chops. Mm -hmm. I don't feel the mouthpiece there. It's just this organic interaction um, that I'm really not aware of. So, Joey, what is that for you? Because I have a I have a small tangent I want to take here, but I want you to. Yeah, this is the important part because, like, I think what Brian just said is much closer to what I'm when I'm actually in the performance. I'm not thinking about much at all. Like my mind is clear. You know, so I'll have the thought before I start of, you know, this is, I'll have the picture of what I want this to be. Mm -hmm. And then I want to be living in it. You yeah, know, right, so right. I'm, I'm literally living in it, which means there are times where I have finished and like oh, I've walked off and think, I thought, what just happened? You know, like I, that I, go? I played yeah. all that's concerts a, and that's you a know, good thing. And that's yeah. when you're really invested in there. So you're not really listening or analyzing or you're, you're literally just I existing within that music at that time. That's the goal. And that's why I said when you've prepared something, because there are obviously lots and lots of times where, you know, there are times where we sight read for money. And then that's a different sort of thing where, oh, right. are you playing a rehearsal on show and you got to follow. And they told us, make sure you take in and I got to make sure this guy's with me. And, you know, those are different things. But when you, it's yours and you have that kind of ownership, I want to I want to exist purely within that moment and, and you know, walk off going, don't. Because then I think only then can you really be happy with how you've performed because only then have you actually just created music rather than gotten through something to a, some level of success. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're doing a couple things. So here's my couple things. One, I, I played the recital at ITG a few years back, and I, I did that in such a way, prepared it in such a way, programmed it so that it had a certain trajectory, mm -hmm. right? And so for me, that those six or seven things that I did became two halves and then those two halves became a whole and then it became one entity and one and event I, yeah one event in my mind and when i practiced it it was starting with the piccolo the way that i did and then going through and ending with the b flat the way that i did to the to the degree that i imagine because i'm a visual learner i imagined that that recital was written on one line that was scrolling that was stretched out for like a hundred feet, not <laughs> right. sheets of music, but one line that moved to the next horn, that moved to the next horn, that moves to the next font. And so it you're was, just walking through. I'm just going through it. I knew the path. I had walked like I'm, you know, like somebody climbing a rock face. Like I had done it enough times to know exactly where everything was. But to me, it was this linear thing that was going on, not these separate issues and these separate technical things I had to do. And I, I experienced that <laughs> recital as, um, as all of these different elements of who you are coming to us through you because mm. you had all of these different things that you brought 
into the performance and collaborations yeah yeah, yeah. which but, i which i thought brian, was really cool brian what you said before is worth repeating in this context what we bring to it may be not what people walk away right, from exactly both from yeah. a positive and a negative yeah there yeah. have been times where i've played something and people come up and they're like i could totally tell this and i'm like I have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> right. at all. But, and they're like, and it was awesome. I'm like, I'm glad you like that. You right. know, but, uh, w- you know, how what we communicate is not necessarily what people take away. That, But that's, again, not something that we can concern ourselves with so much. Yeah. So th- here's the other weird thing that happened. I think I've told you guys about this, but a couple of years ago, during the last, when I was recording a bunch of stuff, I was practicing late at night. That was my my time to practice, and I would drop down in here into the trumpet bunker, and I'd put on Netflix, mm-hmm. a couple different series, and I was practicing with that sort of on in the room, okay? And things I'd seen before, so I wasn't really watching, but I was really kind of digging in and working on some stuff and playing. So the, when I got to the recording in the hall and the lights come on and the mics go and I start playing this music, what's going on in my head is what was on that screen. <laughs> So I'm playing I'm playing Korngold's Marietta's lead and and scenes from Justified are on rolling. <laughs> wow, in, that's pretty good. In my head. And I'm like, oh no. Oh no, that's, this can't be good, right? But <laughs> it'd be the opposite of what I'm trying to convey. Exactly. But it did bring me to this sort of relaxed sort of state. Like, yeah, this is just what I do. I know this music. I know how to play this music and this is how I play it. And um, it was, but it, a really interesting thing that that made its way into the to the format. That in is my funny. Mind. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> then, let me ask this question. So we need to have either no intellectual interference, so you're not getting in your own way, right. or the right kind to get your get your back onto track. That's. I think the right kind is what I'm up to, and you, this is. Hopefully, at another time, we can talk about these etudes that I'm writing. And of course, Brian has has been so gracious to play them on Instagram to butcher them. No, Come every third every third day. Hey, listen, I think I'm the butcher here. That's that. right. There yeah, is Brian, you cannot take that from him. I've never the had butcher a butcher of nickname. Indiana. That is <laughs> the best thing. Fantastic. Um, but so, what I'm up to with these, of course, with the infusion of poetry and written word paired with different etudes is this idea that you're starting to build those intellectual connections or or interference if you want but it puts you in a different mindset to make music rather than just focusing on surviving some technical passage isn't this also what a great teacher does they know what medicine you need you know you need to think Mm -hmm. a little bit harder you need to think a little bit less and knowing right. how to guide your students through that process. Yeah. yeah. And Bill, we haven't talked about this yet. As you know, we've all been, uh, you know, taking a look at these etudes as, as you're writing them right. with the spoken word. Conceiving of them as maybe, I don't know, uh, like on a studio recital, something that could be performed unaccompanied, is the idea read. Yeah read the 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 text before then perform is that the concept this is interesting because i hadn't really thought about that so much but one of my students came in today and of course i've been handing them out in studio class and talking about the project and they're kind of in it with me do you know what i mean i'm 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 doing this creative endeavor and i'm like hey i want you guys to know what i'm up to and i'm this is what's happening so student came in today and named a specific etude that i had shared and say Listen, I don't know how you feel about this, but I really want to do one of these on my senior recital, and nice. I'd like to read the poem before I play the piece and do it as one thing. There it is. So it's yeah. really it's really interesting. 
I was like, wow, okay, yeah, I guess that could be a thing. But right, it could totally be a thing because then uh, what we're talking about here twice, which is the idea of what we're trying to convey, becomes much more clear. Yes, right. If you're giving not just the title, but here's the text that accompanies this piece of music, this is the mood I'm trying to convey, this right. is what I'm trying to do. So, so yeah, and I think you provide that context. I mean, as a, and here we go, I'm just going to throw myself right under the World Trumpet Federation bus here. When I'm out conducting, there it is. <coughs> oh man, um, I do. Like, I, How many turtlenecks turtle do you take with you <laughs> <laughs> for a weekend gig? <laughs> um, I do provide context, especially to parents who are there, who I know, like my own parents, as much as they supported me, knew nothing about music or what it meant. They just saw the notes go by, and I was on stage, and they were really proud of me, and that that was really great. But I think by providing some sort of context for the listener. Um, but as in particular for the for the performer, puts that music in a different place. Very different, yeah. Really and different that, And that provides, I think a lot of times, you know, when you hear interference, it has a negative connotation. Right. And I, and I, and I think there are times where it absolutely is. You know, right. if you're focused on dinner instead of what this should sound like, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's, that's not going to help your performance. Right. But that's when that's a distraction. That's when things go wrong. I guess it c you could look at it as a healthy, healthy distraction. But this is really more like interference is probably a bad word here, but we're providing influence or intellectual influence or context. Well, I like the term context an awful lot, you know, uh, but but the interference, it is still interference because it's getting you. Mm -hmm. It's 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 stopping you from doing something you might well, have done before. These are like <laughs> musical beta blockers, right? <laughs> like <laughs> maybe that's the title of the book. Forget there this contemplative etude stuff. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know this idea that yeah, you're putting this thing in to block this thing that would naturally happen. This is I'll go back to trying not to do something is really hard, but focusing on something to do it in a positive realm is is a, there's way more success right. with that. Absolutely. You know. But interesting thing today, I handed out an etude uh, called Peace. Um, and so we played through it in studio class. We just did a unison thing and played through it. And students, in fact, it was Pedal Boy. Yeah. Pedal <laughs> yeah. Boy, that's what we'll call yeah. him. Pedal Boy spoke up and he goes. That's his new name. That's his new name. <laughs> He's going to be up. so proud. He's so happy. <laughs> he speaks up and he goes, uh, yeah, no, not Peace. Not for me. <laughs> I that might like, be because of the oh. the triple fortes in it might be problematic. <laughs> well, the way you play it. As, as Brian performs. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, those not in there? <laughs> that's my own addition. <laughs> but it was funny that, I mean, if nothing else, it has spurred this conversation in studio class about, well, no, it does sound like peace to me. The other a week ago, we played the one called Generosity. And someone says, that's not what I think generosity is. And one of my other thoughtful <laughs> students spoke up and said, well, actually... Mine either, but I think he's changed my perspective on how I feel about being generous. And I was like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> there we go. But to tie, to tie those things together, I think, is what we're talking about, no matter what it is, right? How many times have you heard of someone saying, hey, uh, make up words to the, um, to the opening of Inesco Legend? Yeah, sure. Right? I, I think the, the hardest lesson I had as an undergrad was exactly that you know barbara figured out pretty quickly that i sight read well and i play the trumpet pretty well yeah. so i was anything that was typically difficult wasn't uh, as difficult for me uh but phrasing and musicality was definitely not my strong suit so <laughs> she said uh, at the time i was i was dating a singer she goes aren't you dating a singer yet? why don't you just get one of her songs bring it in next week so i brought it in the next week and she goes what are you playing and i 
read her the title, and as I was taking a breath, she goes, whoa, 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 whoa. What's the song about? And I said, I don't know. It's in German. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, You stepped right in it and didn't even know she brought it no out. idea. <laughs> and she said, wow, well, how are you going to know how to play this? So come in next week with the, with the translations and be ready to play that. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. Because I was thinking, piece of cake. It's in concert pitch. Read it on C trumpet. Super easy. Song. The best part of this oh. is imagining her looking up at you, scolding you, and telling you to do this. Right? <laughs> well, she, she was very matter of fact. Very matter yeah. of fact about the whole thing. So I come in the Love next it. week. Love I've it. got the translation. I play it with the idea. Boom, boom. She was like, now you can see. You don't want to breathe in the middle of this word. And that doesn't make sense. And blah, blah. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's music here. Holy crap. <laughs> so then, so then, and this is what happened. And uh, this is the hardest. Seriously. She said, all right. So she opens up like a conconi, four lines, and mm. said, all right, I'm going to go downstairs, grab a cup of coffee. You write words to this, and they better be good. Then I'm going to hear you perform this. <laughs> and she wow. closed the door, and I thought, I don't have long enough for this. <laughs> but, the, you know, that made <laughs> that me awesome. think, oh, my gosh, I have to, you know, because I operated the trumpet pretty well. Yeah. But you, uh, the yes. idea of, oh, no, 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 there's music to be had here. So Joey wrote, I love high notes, <laughs> really high notes. <laughs> wow. Conconi number one, good for you. you very go. impressive. I think I might have been in the right key. That was nice. Uh, yeah, so that, I mean, that's a really positive intellectual interference. Exactly. Thing, yeah. Right, it pulls you into the right place. I may have mentioned before about... Uh, so stop me if I did, but Brian tells the same story all the time. So um, <laughs> the time that uh, Charles Schluter came to North Texas and did a clinic, and he had my friend Ray Vasquez, uh, powerhouse trumpet player. Playing. One foot. Yeah, the right. Foot. Tapping yeah. a foot and yeah. then asking him to tap the other foot, which completely freaked Ray out, but he of course, sounded, it was amazing how yeah. much different it sounded. And, of course, Schluter said, yeah, I don't know why that works. I mean, he really did. He was just being of funny, but it's like he just pulled you into the other side of your brain. You know, put you in a better place to to function musically, right? Yeah, anything that can get you to function musically is good, right? And, and, you and think sometimes we have a, a really uh, trumpet players can create their own habits of just doing it the way we've always do it, done it, which then just leads to yeah. you can just spiral into into bad habits of just hammering your way through stuff, and we hear so that a lot. Yeah, that's the thing. So, the, like the two big as I'm as we're kind of distilling all this down here, the two big takeaways are that. Operating the trumpet machine really well is really nice, except that a whole bunch of people figure out how to do that. <laughs> if you want to set yourself <laughs> apart, then start to make music. But for the teacher, you've got to find really meaningful ways to get to that point and build that connection. It can't just be this trick or that trick or whatever. It has to be a sustainable, meaningful thing. And uh, the same concepts uh, will get everybody to play the trumpet to a certain level. But this are these 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 concepts are not universal person to person what's going to mm. work with one student may not work with another so it's it's not as crystal clear on how to do this right and hopefully it gets everybody into a intellectual place where they can make their own music right within what they're trying to do yeah make those decisions mm -hmm. right do you guys use the language thing a lot do you equate like um so like some of the conconis are in six eight mm -hmm. and they've lend themselves well to italian obviously <laughs> language yeah. right they really Shockingly. do they, they, that's like the same kind of lilt to the rhythm to the you and can't spell tarantella without tartel you know that right there you go <laughs> <laughs> uh, so i mean i grew up around that that you know uh, dialect that sound sure. and so it makes a lot of sense to me 
Um, I just wondered if you guys do that. Do you do that equating like between spoken word or speech and phrases and music? I, I use a lot. I use one negative example. Um, if you uh, listen to, it's Whitney Houston, who I always thought was a tremendous mm, singer, yeah. but the greatest love of all yeah. has, I don't know how this ever got released. Go listen to it. At the end of every single phrase, she finishes, it is the greatest love of all, uh, and just totally clips the last word, takes a breath, and, and jumps off to the next phrase. It's right. terrible. Sure. So uh, what no I taper. do when students do that, uh, I'm like, listen, she could have taken a breath here, and she's a, she's a great singer. I was a big fan. So... You know, you could have finished that off, be da dee dee dom be dee dee and gone on. You could have taken a breath earlier, finished that phrase, and moved on. But that's not what happened, and she does it every time. Mm. It's terrible phrasing. So I'm like, here's what you just did. I'm going to give you the Whitney Houston Award for the day. And I play the <laughs> oh, wow. and I want you, And I say, listen to this. Listen to the rushed end of one phrase, the rushed beginning of the next phrase. Listen to what happens with the words involved here. Now, you're doing it with notes, which means it's not as obvious. But, oh, my gosh, it's just as bad. So, yeah, yeah, I absolutely do that one. But that's my favorite one from pop music. So that's a negative one. Uh, while we're all, I'm, I'm going to follow this a little bit. Um, are there singers that you have referenced regularly as the way to do it, to do a specific thing or to influence trumpet playing? Oh, that's a good question. To influence trumpet, not directly, but if we're doing things that are, like I have students that regularly will use song cycles. Like I, I'm going to do right. a song cycle on my recital. I'm like, all right, who are you listening to? It's the same question yeah. I ask of other tr on trumpet pieces. Yeah, so I I keep finding myself going back to this one, especially if somebody's playing something that's lighter and more technical and requires a lot of facility. Mandy Patinkin. <laughs> oh. Right? Sure. Yeah. There's this <laughs> thing with Mandy Patinkin. I have this. He's singing "Over the Rainbow" on Letterman. He gets somebody bails. And they call him in yeah. at the last minute. He just shows up. You could tell he just rolls in in like a T-shirt, right? Probably like like right after a show or something. And it's glorious. And the color in his voice and the way he connects everything and slides around, it's amazing. I'll have to listen to that because I am not a fan. Oh, there oh, it is. I could listen. not be. I it, could, oh, my God. I couldn't. I'm sorry. I I have oh, never I'm, liked the way he sang, sings I'm ever. I'm all in with that, that So I, I asked my students to listen to like, if if I want want them to play with a big, rich sound mm -hmm. with a lot of drive, Robert Hale, the, the bass baritone. Oh mm. wow! Um, yeah, like that is a sound. Um, and if I want them to do some phrasing stuff, um, I love them to listen to Cecilia Bartoli. Mm -hmm. um, Great, just absolutely phenomenal stuff. And then if they pick any number of a million different sopranos, you know, I'm happy to. I'm more of a Patty Smythe that. guy. <laughs> <laughs> love Patty Smythe. And if oh I could play gosh. like that. Wow. <laughs> Little I warrior. That might not be okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this is this is another way, right? Like I, I, you you set up a completely different model. Like a lot of trumpet players listen to a lot of trumpet players. But after a while, like let's influence in it another way. Yeah. Sure. You know? I try not to ask my students to listen to trumpet players for musical inflection. How, oh, no. come on. That's not okay. There are plenty of great trumpet players. There's some we're going to do a whole bracket of 64 of them. <laughs> yeah, we're going to weed this thing out. amazing trumpet players that do amazing music. Mm -hmm. But I think the fastest way for, for me to get through to them is string players and singers in terms of phrasing. Right. You, have to, you have to work really hard to... Yeah. Uh, to find really great phrasing in trumpet players. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. I like Nicola Benedetti, this violinist. Oh, yeah, sure. Oh, yeah. yeah excellent. Great violinist. Yeah. Yeah, so I, li- I like referencing all that. I think all that. So are, are we settled on, are we going to call it intellectual interference or are we going to call it intellectual context? What are we going to? Uh, context may be better. Can... Let me hold up my Hilary Hahn Bach Partita CD. Oh, oh yeah. It's right here. That's really good. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I mean, I know interference is a negative connotation, but I think what we're saying is that it can be interference unless it's done the right way, and then it but could it, really be a good But there thing. is positive interference, and I think that Absolutely. So I think interference does, I think it holds up. Okay, good deal. Well, time for no offense. And I think while we're on the subject, let's just, let's just say it. If you're using the think method <laughs> as a teacher... <laughs> You're doing it wrong. I mean, <laughs> we're laughing, but ultimately that's what we're talking about, right? Like Brian referred to it as a bunch of tricks in a row, or just think about this sound and then it'll happen, or just think about that. No, we need to tie it together. <laughs> so you're saying if I just don't keep doing the same, just pick I just it up do and the blow. same thing over and over and over and over and over again, it will magically get better? Right. <laughs> Trumpet what? 101, blowing the small end. And then just keep doing that. Keep doing it. Because then just eventually, imagine it. And, then, and then just magically it just happens? It'll happen. And <laughs> you, not only will it happen, you're going to end up on the bracket. There it is. The <laughs> and bracket if, is if it doesn't, if it doesn't happen, you just don't have it. Then you just don't have it. There it is. Oh. And that's, oh. uh, there it is. That's perfect. Oh. Okay? Oh. That's right. <laughs> hey, just think just think about it. And if it doesn't happen, well, you just, you just didn't have it. That's do something totally, else. That's, and I'll tell you what. There are teachers around the country that do exactly that. Well, yeah, and that's of course, not okay. No, and wrapped up in that is that this one size fits all thing, right? Because everybody right. needs something different. This you is why we teach. This is why we teach one on one, because it's not universal. You need to right. connect with those students individually. Yeah, for sure. All right, boys. Well, listen, that about does it for today. We've come to the end of another episode. Thanks for joining us on the Open Bell. Stay tuned. Tell your friends and students. So long for now. Remember to keep an open mind, but more importantly. An open bell.